0: Bums on Seats on Cambridge 105 Radio.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, just a word of warning.
0: You're a mess, aren't you?
2: I'm not very tall either. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.
0: Good afternoon, good people of Cambridge, and welcome to Bums on Seats, your lovely fortnightly film review show. My name is Yossi Osman, I will be your host today, and joining me we have reviewers Ashley Capaldi, Victoria Eyre, and Emma Marchant. Hello! Thank you guys for joining me today. So today we've got four films to talk about. We are starting with The Terrifying It, Chapter 2, followed by... uh, The Dark Crystal, we'll be talking about both the original from 1982, but the new Netflix series uh, that has been released very recently. Uh, Psycho is now on Netflix as well. So we're going to go back to the 1960 classic and give it a good observation. And then we'll be finishing off with The Informer. So we are going to start straight away because we've got lots to talk about today with IT Chapter 2.
3: Hello.
2: For 27 years... I dreamt of you.
1: I craved you.
4: I've missed you.
2: We need to finish it. For good.
4: us from the inside, until we don't have a choice anymore.
0: I don't like the sound of that trailer at all, but we've got Emma and Ashley here to talk about it. So uh, It Chapter 2 is the second... Oh, and Victoria, you've seen it as well. I'm so sorry. All three of you have seen it. Um, So it is the second half, rather than a sequel, apparently, according to the director, um, to... It, which came out, I believe, was it two years ago? Two years yeah. ago. Yeah, two years About ago. Two years, two years ago, based on the Stephen King novel, and this time we see Pennywise returning to terrorize the town of Derry, Maine, twenty-seven years after the first one. So now, adults, the childhood friends, have gone their separate ways, but people have started disappearing, so they must unite. Um, Emma, you've. Has anyone else read the book, or is it just Emma? No, I've never read it properly. It was a lot. Yeah, it was a long time. I
4: don't think it's any secret that I am an enormous Stephen King fan.
0: Yeah, in fact, it is
4: probably my second favorite book after *The Stand*, which they are making a new adaptation of as well. But it's. It came out in '86, I think, and I read it probably when I was about 14. So it had this massive impact on me, and it is a huge book. They yeah. have made mini series before, so it not, I'm not surprised they had to split it into two
0: to be able to. So yes, let's just get a of sense it. of that because I I was calling this a sequel, and apparently it's not really a sequel. It's just it's it's the book split into two they different. They did it in
4: a different way. The book the book goes back and forth between the. them as kids and them 27 years later and the format of the book is all the way through you're splitting between the two time frames which in that case is like 1959 and 1986 obviously they've had to update it yeah but they did this they've done the film a bit differently and they tell the children's story the early story in the first film and then this is now more the adult story although you do get flashbacks to where they were children and did it work does it work um I enjoyed it chapter 1. I probably enjoyed it chapter 1 a bit more than it chapter 2 because you have I, you, you kind of know what's coming with this. Obviously you've seen Pennywise in the first one. It is a brilliant performance I think by Bill Skarsgård still, you know, and in, in this as well. Um it the problem is it's terribly episodic. It's like you have all of these six well yeah, the, the losers club. You have all of their stories and it feels like they probably all film their bits completely separately. So you have mm. some great set pieces. There are some really great, you know, really lot of them in the trailer like the the, the set piece of um james McAvoy playing bill in the funhouse house at the fair mm-hmm. or you have beverly you know there, there's a there's a massive set piece at the end with them ben, ben and beverly and just blood and dirt and set, all that kind of thing but it, i don't know it didn't it came alive for me when bill hader was on screen oh, as richie tozier yeah. he God, was brilliant
1: TV. yeah yeah bill hader was my favorite of the whole thing as well as um james ranson who played uh, the older version of eddie yeah, they well they they had yeah they, they had, yeah, they had
0: right. really good chemistry. James McAvoy, I don't know, I find because the cast a bit is of a quite a good of a vacuum anyway. But because <laughs> <laughs> it's James McAvoy, I think Jessica Chastain is in yeah. it. Bill Hader, mm. as you say, uh, and James Ransom. So the cast it's quite a big cast, and they've done a lot of the promo work for this film. And um, do they
3: really live up to the hype? Apparently, it's it's Bill Hader that that shines the most, but. I, I love me a bit of Bill Hader and he is hilarious and I was quite surprised how much they let him run away with his humour in this because there are, there are so many standalone it's Hader's scene moments just making a joke but in a film that's nearly three hours long you can get away with that. Yes,
0: I was going to ask about that. Does it feel <laughs> as long as it is? It- It
4: didn't. I think I was quite apprehensive about going in. And particularly, I just went against see once upon a time in Hollywood as well, obviously. And it's two very long films back to back in the same week. And a lot of people have talked about it. But in both cases, I didn't think either of them dragged. This isn't the most exciting, this isn't the most exciting or inventive film in the world. Mm. But it does a good job of telling the story. And it does it in a pretty... I
3: hate long films. And this was all right, actually. So if I I got to the end of it... And I was just thinking, oh, that has been over two. And a, that's two and a half hours at least. And it was I was entertained throughout. I think a lot of the a lot of the hype for the cast is in the casting as well. And there are very many moments as well where they pat themselves on the back, the casting directors, and just say, look how well we match these child actors right. to their. And it's but it is not just looks. I think the adult cast has done an incredible job. You can tell they've studied the mannerisms of their child counterparts because they speak the same as them their head tilt the same as them they walk the same as them Mm -hmm. and it's i felt that was one of the things that kept me going through the film i kept noticing little bits and pieces that reminded me of of the younger cast in the older cast and that really helped me stick with them and think this is this is a true story of these friends 27 years later i quite like that
0: so I think, um, I remember when the first one came out a couple of years ago, I mean, it, it got a lot of attention for just kind of the perhaps terrifying nature of the trailer at least. Um, and I think it's, it's become kind of like a cult classic in the horror world. Does this match up to that? Is it, is it scary? Because to me, the idea of it is quite terrifying. I didn't like the sound of the trailer, let alone when I saw the trailer. How, how do we treat it as a horror film?
1: Well, I feel like um, obviously there's so much comic relief throughout it due to the casting, but there is some genuine terrifying moments. Like, essentially, it is about a clown that kills young children. And this happens a lot in it, chapter <laughs> two, mm-hmm. and out of nowhere. And they don't, they don't like, um, sort of shield over it. It's very much in your face. It's very bloody. It's very I gory. think,
4: actually, the the most difficult scene for me to watch, Yeah, oh. because the whole, the, the thing about it, the book and the film, is you're talking about a town that is haunted. Derry is haunted by this... And it turns out to be—I mean, Derry you know, like, Maine. Derry no. Maine is this evil <laughs> force. <place> on earth. <laughs> and as you know from It Chapter One, it's kind of an extraterrestrial force. So this is almost, in some ways, two two films in itself. A little bit like It Chapter One was as well. You have the clown, but then also that's just one of its personas, if you like. The reality yeah. of it is 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 sort of more spacey than that, maybe. So the end mm-hmm. kind of goes into this almost weird science fiction thing. What I was going to say was, it opens with this awful. Um, Homophobic gay, yeah, homophobic yeah. gay bashing scene at the beginning, and it's horrible. And it's, I think it's and it's meant to show you that the evil has come back to Derry, and and it's just infecting the town. And that was that was really difficult was to venous. watch. Whereas the actual, but the the effects are amazing. I mean, some of the the, the little baby hands and the scuttling spiders, yeah, and so their head at one point. Oh, the
3: effects were brilliant. I had a horrible nightmare about spiders. That makes it. That, oh, it was horrible. That is it, yeah. I woke up this morning and I've been dreaming, and I just had to keep looking to every corner of the room because if I looked away from a corner, a spider would appear. This makes sense. I blocked that from my memory. Sorry, <laughs> oh. go on.
4: But personally, I, <laughs> d- I didn't find it that sca- I didn't find it that scary because I think you know, like if you've seen the first one, then you know the, you know the premise. You know it is clown. But they, like you say, they don't or- shy away from
0: it perhaps it's more of a thriller this time rather than I think an all-out so. horror.
3: I and It and felt I've a bit tr- like an a Agatha Christie movie
4: at times as well. I felt that they were, because they were four, from, when they are all standing in that Derry Hotel where there's never any staff for them <laughs> and it looks like this incredibly old-fashioned 1930s hotel and the six of them spent a lot of time staircase. chatting in the kind of hallway and I kept thinking it looked like it was set in some kind of 1930s manner and I kept thinking Hercule Poirot might walk in at any mm. minute. <laughs> it's the was same as, um,
1: the TV film, the original, the one, with her Tim Curry yeah Tim Curry so I remember obviously like the book they blend both of them together like the children scenes and then the adults and like I was it was bringing me back like to when they're all in the Chinese restaurant as well and I was like I remember this bit and then they have like stuck true to locations including the hotel felt quite nostalgic I'd forgotten the ending though and that was great Oh, that's when Emma cried. Uh, yeah, uh, I uh, people, yeah, I did. not I did cry in this cry. one. Emma <laughs> did cried. Did you cry
3: in the first one? I cried twice in the first one, but that's because oh. I'm scared of clowns. I cried I everything. I wasn't that scared at I this one. Think I think one of my
4: issues, because I remember v- reviewing it in yes. this very studio, the first one, and I remember I took great umbrage at the time because, like I say, the book was set... Present day was 1986, that's what it was written, and the older bits were in 1959, and I felt that they styled this town up that was meant to be an 80s town, but I felt that in the first one, they all looked like 1950s kids, they behaved, it felt kind of stand-by-me-ish. This worked a bit better this time round, I felt, because you get the sense that Derry is not a normal town, it is stuck Mm. in its own kind of horrific, haunted nightmare. So the fact that Derry doesn't really look like a typical small 2016 town... Yeah. That worked for me this time because it, 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 it is a, you, you're looking deeper into the haunting of Derry,
0: mm. and it's the same uh, directing and writing team. So Andy Muschietti is the director for both films, and I think Gary is it Dalberman Dauber, Donab- yeah. yeah, is wrote the screenplay. Do they do anything different with the second one? Are they because of the success of the first one? Do they use the second one as a chance to kind of go a bit bigger, go harder, or? But I.
3: Prison. And you no, sorry, you go,
1: no, no. I was going to say, there's so much more, fate, like, blood. There's so okay. much blood everywhere. <laughs> Apart the from that. carry
3: levels of blood Yeah, in there this. was. One scene. <laughs> It's That was quite nice, that scene, though. Got, that scene cute. in the first
4: one with all the blood in the bathroom. That was echoing that scene in the first oh, one. Oh, I Beverly did not watch that, that scene. But That's when I cried the first time. I scene. can't work out... I think they must have filmed some of them back-to-back, though, because the kids are the same they age exactly in this as they were. The same. So I think... I imagine that they almost... That, that, that they must have shot it almost in... Continuous. The yeah, in They right. must have made the
3: bunker scenes at the yeah. same time, I think. Yeah.
4: For sure. But this one does have an... Awesome Stephen King cameo in it as well, and that Does really made me excited. it? cameo. He's oh, okay. quite
3: and he's quite. What's the word? Nonchalant and kind of. He's just the best. Down on McAvoy, who is the weirdest character. He was. He was
4: best. He was a bit, And it has a nice shout out to The Shining as well, which I appreciated.
3: Oh. Oh. So, mm.
0: this is one for well who's this for then is it for
3: horror fans is it for stephen king fans i don't think you need to we came out of this saying we could have shaved an hour off this film but having kept it the length it was that means you don't need to have seen the first one i don't think to or know the story to enjoy this film there's so much detail they go over so much old ground you get a backstory of the little kids and the adults and where both of their troubles and traumas come up because the adults and the little and the little kids face different things even though they're the same character in a way you can watch this film stand alone for sure it's okay very very detailed character studies i quite i really liked that aspect of it i don't
4: go and watch a lot of horror films i think the last horror film i went to go and see was probably us which yeah. was to review here oh as yes well. i actually, saw that yeah that was very good <laughs> and i wouldn't necessarily, so i but i guess when i talk about horror it's like i don't like to go and watch torture horror films so i'll never go and see like saw or hostel or any of that that's definitely not my bag mm-hmm. but i think this is less of a horror it, there's definitely jump scares in it yeah but it's it it's less of a horror it's more like a kind of ghost story but it is it's you know and, and this story of these seven kids because the thing is as well, they've all forgotten. The ones who've moved away from dairy, they've oh, yeah. forgotten all about their childhoods because it's you know, it, it's the mystical
0: nature of dairy or whatever. So yeah. it's only
4: Mike who stayed in Derry yeah, has to Mike bring them all together. There, didn't he? So, so is it more they... of a
0: character study then as you as you might have mentioned, Ashley? It, it definitely sounds much that. more yeah. stand
3: by me than isn't it? Hop that I do you no. not do it's you know no stand by me. I know. <laughs> I, I would have that film in my head when I'm explaining it to people rather than scary and like horrendous phobia of clowns and I was much less scared in this one because it's about it's about what the adults are frightened of and I think Pennywise in this is made fun of He's got stupid lines. He does a stupid dance that Bill Hader makes fun of. And it is stupid that you're so scared of a man dressed up with clown makeup on. That's not what you should be scared of. They're scared of other real terrifying things now they're adults. There's
4: less Pennywise in this, I think. Than much, it was, much, much less. Yeah, much less. less. And there's nothing that is quite as upsetting. And this really goes to the book as well. There's nothing quite as upsetting as the death of Georgie at the beginning of it, chapter one. I mean, when Bill's brother, little brother, is dragged into the drain yeah. and that's really the kind of catalyst for the whole thing starting off that that is one of the most hor- you know that yeah one of the most affecting things i've ever read or seen so mm. okay but well. i think it's i think it's going to do really well i think yeah, it's at a fi- with a 15 certificate i think you're gonna it it, you know we were so in a well. 420 performance
3: and that's the most packed 15 16 yeah. 17 runs so there's and there's not a lot of good stuff they can really see it was we were the odd ones out at that screening weren't <laughs> we yes. Very I went much at so. 10 to
1: 11 in the morning and like alone. We- <laughs> okay. And I still had like half a screen full of really? people. Like people yeah. were either there for the cheaper tickets or they just were so excited and I was I was sat, It's a big sat draw. And it was, it's I was okay watching it alone as well. I was say, I felt like no with a full screen, I was like, okay, this is fine. I <laughs> but, didn't have to hold
4: Ashley's hand at all. I was right but I did have I to lend like, her my scarf so yeah. she
3: could hold it. That is a good, well, not a good thing, maybe. Whether they do it on purpose or not, it's maybe they're just showing they're a good horror director. You can really tell every single time a horrible jump scare's coming. But I think the director's done that in homage to. The genre he's trying to recreate. So, build the tension, build the tension, build the tension. We're going to switch the camera. Ashley, look away now. And so that served me well. Apart from the one bit I did scream in, but that wasn't actually a scary thing. I was just not ready.
4: I think. I mean, it's not. easy <laughs> it by no stretch of the imagination. I didn't think so. It's by no stretch of the imagination a classic. It's not. But it, it, it's it's fairly. But, but it, it does a good popular. job with its source yeah. material, and it will be popular. And I think it is. I think it's very, um, it's fair to the, you know, it's fair to yeah. the book as well, which I think is proved by the fact that Stephen King pops up in an extended cameo because he's, yeah. he's obviously signed off on this yeah, as something absolutely. that reflects yeah. the I want to of go work. back
3: and read it now. Actually, normally if you do it that way round, you can never be bothered to go back and read the book. But I would really love to. i hoping that I get more of the story of all the characters.
4: There is quite a big thing in the book that was taken out of films. Problematic. I heard about. So would that. you recommend that, that we read the book? Of course, I would. I recommend okay. everybody
0: reads all Stephen King. Okay. Well, we'll we'll end. But yeah, start there. with it. <laughs> start we, we'll, we'll have to end it there because we've got to move on. Um, it chapter two is a certificate 15 and it I believe it is showing everywhere in Cambridge. So the picture house, the light, and the view. Bums on seats. On picture. Cambridge 105 radio. I thought it I thought it was showing at the picture house, but I'm sorry I was wrong there. It's not showing at the picture house. Um, we're going to move on to something a little more left field now. Uh, so we're going to talk about the dark Crystal, which you can see the original nineteen eighty two film, along with the uh,
3: is it, is it a prequel? How do we how do we describe the TV series on it's, Netflix? It's a couple thousand years before. Yeah, Dave told me on Thursday, so it's quite the prequel. It
0: is. It's kind of a prequel, but we'll we'll talk about both. I've only watched the first episode of the uh, TV series, but we'll talk a bit about the film. Um, so the film, the Dark Crystal, set in nineteen to. This is a Jim Henson and a Frank Oz special. We're going to have some Music <laughs> Original soundtrack to The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, which is the T V series on Netflix by Daniel Pemberton. That was a bit lovely actually. I quite I quite enjoyed that. Very I nice. Did too. Very nice musical interlude there. Our, our Dave Riley sent that
3: over because he loves Dave, the music guy.
0: He's very into The Dark Crystal, is not he? It. He knows a lot about loves it. The Dark
3: Crystal, loves a good
0: soundtrack. I have to be honest, I actually didn't know a lot about it at all. Um, Netflix sent me an email, you know when they sent emails saying you may be interested I in this? I just get
3: murderers on that email.
0: Well, I, I got The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, <laughs> so I thought what is that? I'll have a look at, at the film, and obviously I'm a massive, massive fan of the Muppets. They're, I mean, I'm just a bit obsessed with them. So um, anything by uh, Jim Henson. I was, Fraggle Rock. Uh, Fraggle Rock as well. I love I love Fraggle Rock, although I used to be quite terrified of Fraggle Rock when I was a kid.
3: I was named after the dog in Fraggle Rock when I was a kid. Sprocket, that was my name when I was a little. Cute. Uh, Now I know
0: that. That is your name for all time. Wonderful. Um, So, we're going to talk a little bit about the film because I think, Victoria, you've seen the film, haven't you? So, it's it's a 1982 uh, classic by not just Jim Henson, sorry, it's Frank Oz as well. um, Puppeteers, master filmmakers. Um, It's about Jen who uh, is raised by uh, the noble race of mystics, um, and he is the last survivor of uh, what's called the Gelflings... If, you, if you're not, ma- if this isn't making sense, it will. Um, so there is another race called the Skexis. I kept the calling them Strepsils. That's Skeksis. not what it is. Skeksis. Skeksis. Oh, yeah. Yes, uh, they're the sort of evil race. The so the horrible bird things. The, the scary-looking bird things. Um, but there is. Uh, he he's found a shard of the dark crystal, which is. Um, used to provide balance to the overall universe Um, and when the crystal was broken that's when the Skeksis managed to gain control so it's up to Jen to um, repair the dark crystal and bring you know order back to the universe so quite a high kind of concept film and I don't know what you thought of it Victoria but I sort of had it on I think on Wednesday night just sort of thought oh yeah puppets great and I was Uh -uh. terrified. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> as soon as it came onto the screen I had no uh, preface to this yeah. I was like okay I need to watch this I'll pop it on I was like what has happened
0: <laughs> and then, uh,
1: I was literally like I didn't actually knew that Jim Henson directed it I yeah. literally was just I just popped it on and I was like Oh, halfway through, I was like, this reminds me a lot of The Labyrinth, like I found, and then it turns out he directed The Labyrinth, and I was like, it's like this little part of a trilogy, like the never-ending story, it's like, it sort of wraps it all up for like 80s and like puppeteer animation sort of kind of films and I really did enjoy it, Yeah. as um, some parts it does get slow and it gets um, out of pace and you feel a bit, oh, it's lulling, but the special effects for that time and the colours, it's so there and it's so
0: present and really like kept me with the film. And- so yeah, there's a couple of things there to sort of think about. Um, I guess when you think of somebody like Jim Henson or, or Frank Oz, you do think about the fact that they are kind of artists with what they do. And I think with The Dark Crystal, that's, that's very, very much visible in terms of how they've created this entire world and created these characters um, and and how it looks and it's quite conceptual isn't it um but i feel like only they could really pull that off 100% like you get
1: um it's even down to like well one is the colors but even the costuming like the drapery it reminds me like he obviously created the labyrinth later on in his career, but like there's so much influence like backwards and forwards, and I feel like even though I didn't know ho- who directed it, he yeah. has a style to it, and now I can see in everything that he's done
0: yeah and um I think we talked a little bit, you said there were bits in the story where it kind of lows a bit, and i think I think that's that for me was where I sort of um. Probably had the biggest problem with the film. Um, I've, I, I think I just didn't know what to expect. And when I was watching it, I realised that a I was scared of some of. The, I found the Skexies particularly terrifying, mm-hmm. um, especially when they got all the. Was it Chamberlain?
1: He got
3: all his robes removed and he was just a yeah,
1: skeletal being. S- yeah. Oh.
3: God. It was awful. Is I, there a story like Labyrinth where so so Sarah trying to save the baby, or is it just kind of you're in their world, learning a bit about the folks?
0: There is <laughs> a story. So so Jen basically the the Skeksis killed I think um, the Gelflings. That that's the race that the main character Jen is from.
3: Sounds very Game of Thrones. Um,
0: <laughs> and uh, he he is the the kind of soul or. or basically the sole survivor of the Gelflings. And now the Skeksis are ruling. So it's uh, it's up to him to go and basically Avenged. kind of save the universe, essentially. Yeah. He was raised by the, the mystics, the, the karma race. Um, so when the Dark
1: Crystal shattered, the Skeksis came in and then the mystics and they divided and then... Uh, Jen was raised by the mystics, and then his his father like dies, and he's like, you have a mission to complete. But I'm about to tell you this as I'm dying. As I'm dying, of course, <laughs> and with his last breath. Brilliant. And he has no idea what he's doing. He's just on this. I need to go and do this thing, and everything I do, there's chaos, and I'm really lost. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit helpless at times, and that's when I'm like, oh. I really feel for this boy. Yeah, and I was like, couldn't he have told him about ten years old, like earlier? Like this will be
0: your Prophe- prophecy. Because there's a whole prophecy. Yeah, there's a isn't whole prophecy. There? But it's yeah. it's up to him basically. But he only finds out, you know, at the very last minute, and then he's got to go and save the planet. Um, so yeah, I think I think for me the the, the storyline at, at times it kind of wavered, and also there's a, there's a weird thing I, I think you see it more in sort of the Muppets movies, but. Um, there's often a bit of sort of cheesy dialogue, for example, which is kind of there for laughs. The adult jokes. Yeah. Um And with this, there were kind of flashes of that, particularly with that character, Augra. I don't know how mm. to describe Augra. I'm really sorry, listeners. Augra is...
1: A sort of pitbull-like character with half an eye. <laughs>
0: yeah, and I don't know, she kind of gets these quips in. I guess she's sort of there for sort of comic relief as well. Um, but things like that sometimes just sort of took me out of it, perhaps, But but still in a weird way, I still sort of enjoyed it because it made me think, oh, that's the Jim Henson that I know. But actually, um, Ashley just pointed something out that this was actually a very successful film. I'd, I'd never even heard of it. Um, in France and Japan, this was the highest grossing box office release of 1983. So um, coming on to talk about the new TV series, which you can see on Netflix, um, I have sort of wondered why they chose it to make a whole TV series about but I guess it is based on something that was very very popular and apparently still is very popular if you talk to someone like Dave for example he's really really a big fan of it so I think we have the trailer Mm -hmm. for the TV TV series. series I saw something a vision
3: read too many stories no this was real
1: Everything the Skeksis ever told us was a lie.
2: And now everyone think everything is at risk. Join me, so we may finally unite as one against our true foe, the Skeksis. We are eternal!
3: I don't think anything will never be like it was again.
2: No,
0: it will be better. So that is the trailer for Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance, which you can see on Netflix. So this is sort of a prequel uh, to the film set a couple of thousand years before. Um, it's a dark fantasy and adventure web um, adventure series. It's produced by Netflix and the Jim Henson Company, of course. Um, and it's got 10 episodes and it's, it's basically exploring the world that set up the, the film so i have to say uh i watched the first episode only but i think it's pretty spectacular honest honestly i think it looks really good i think they are just going free reign with the kind of whole exploration of jim henson's world and it's it's very engaging and we're just looking at the cast list at the moment it's got um nath Natalie Emmanuel, who you will know from Game she of
1: Skins as well. Game of she, she's from Game
0: Missande. of Thrones. She's Missandei. She, she, was, was, fast in oh, she yes, was in Hollyoaks. I think she was in Hollyoaks. She's still in Fast and Furious. And she's in. <laughs> fa- oh, I forgot. We've got our big Fast and Furious fan in the room. I didn't know she was in that. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. So that's, that's two films. <laughs> I have
4: never seen a Fast and Furious film, not oh, one of them. We have loads no to talk about. Oh, <laughs> We're
0: talk about this later. Um, and then it's also got Taron, is it Edgerton, Edgerton, who we saw in something very recently, Elmore. didn't we? Rocketman. Rocket Man. Yeah, that's where. But we saw also him.
4: Eggsy from um, Kingsman. 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 And he's also Eddie the Eagle.
0: Yeah. He's generally
2: excellent.
4: <laughs> the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And he's Z-jumper. GQ's
0: Man of the Year because you know is he's it? dreamy. Oh, all right. <laughs> So um, <laughs> so sorry, age of resistance. We are back to the world of it's the palate Thra that's how you say it thra. and um, we're back we've got the, the we're not escaping the Skexies. sorry everybody Victoria if you've not seen it yet the Skexies are still there have a present. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's around three gelflings called Rian Bria and Deet and they are inspiring a rebellion against the Skexies because they basically discover something really horrible um, about the Skeksis, and, the Skeksis and how they're basically trying to take over the whole planet um, and that that's basically the premise for the entire series it's also um, I think it's also got a little bit of Eddie Izzard and Helena Bonham Carter by the way Oh, um, really? as, as some of the voices. There's uh, so
1: much more. There's, there's Andy Samberg. There's Simon they come back. Jason
0: Isaacs. Yeah, Mar- it's, Mark a really, it's a really, it's a really fantastic Camel. cast. So they've really gone all out Netflix with this, and I would, I think it's really nice. You don't have to watch the film, I don't think, to see, see yeah, it.
3: James is in it. That's my mate from uni.
0: But anyway, <laughs> 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 you don't have to watch the film to see the TV series. But I think it would help, and I would recommend going and watching the original because, even though I was very scared for quite a lot of it, there is something quite magical about it and I think you get that with a lot of Jim Henson's work Um, so definitely recommend that and uh, The Age of Resistance is all on Netflix you can watch it from the comfort of your own couch. Will I want to
3: Yes, I don't oh. like like fantasy sci-fi types stuff. Uh, no, it's still okay. <laughs> I quite liked Avatar. Is it is it the Avatar end of No, it's really
0: it not. Weird end? It's it is a bit weird and okay. I think the first, <laughs> I don't know about you, but the first 15 minutes of the film I just sat there being like what is this? Just, I I this whole thing the trailer my... is horrifying. 13 year old nephew has binged the entire lot straight away
4: loved it we don't have any Wi-Fi at our home at the moment so no one can watch anything but when we get it on I imagine my kids are going to be thoroughly into this
0: yeah I think it is really good and especially if you are a fantasy slash sci-fi fan this will be your bag and it just looks amazing so Please do watch it if, if you're into that sort of thing. Okay, I'm just looking at the time. We're over halfway through the show and uh, we've got a couple of things to talk about before we move on to discuss... Uh, the Hitchcock classic, Psycho. Firstly, Ashley, uh, our resident trustee of the Cambridge Film Festival. Oh, it's yeah, it's getting that. to that time of it's year. It's
3: most wonderful
0: time. It is getting to that time of year. Is it October 17th? It all starts this year, I think oh, it is. That sounds about right. I'm yep. not good at dates Yeah. I think it's like the <laughs> 17th to the 24th of October. Right here in Cambridge, we have the Film Festival. And
3: something that I believe is quite new this year. Super fun and new. Part, part of Cambridge Film Festival's Youth Lab so they've had stuff going on for young people forever but this year we have a young people's jury prize and we're recruiting the young people's jury now, so tell us about that. How how can people get involved with that? So you need to be aged sixteen to twenty four. So that's us all out. Um, but oh oh my god, Victoria, really? <laughs> yeah, Victoria so just so put her
0: so hand up so in the studio. So cool. and the three of us are all looking at her in horror. <laughs> at the end of the spectrum,
1: but you'd just... be
3: great. You should apply, younger millennial. <laughs> um, but it's you don't don't you don't need to be a professional film critic by any means. You just need to have an interest. in in it because we're going to be running workshops and we'll, we'll help you and give you tips and stuff, you just need to show that you're interested, you don't have to be a student either anybody between 16 and 24 you just need to be able to in, um, attend the introductory workshop on Monday the 30th of September at the Picture House in town at 5 and after that I'm pretty sure I've said this will be the second time i said it now so we're going to have to let you in um, there's <laughs> a, a quicker pay what you can afford screening of the uh, Film I Love series so we can all go into that together after Um, after that point so from Monday the 30th of September if you're on the jury you'll need to find time to watch up to six feature-length films I'm pretty sure they're all feature-length we'll give those to you on screeners so as like what film journalists get given so you can watch them at home you don't need to get to the cinema or pay or anything like that Um, so between the end of September and when the festival starts at the end of October you need to have seen six films have made all the notes you want to make, tell us what you think. And then the final Young People's Jury Decision Meeting is on Friday the 18th of October at the Picture House. So you've got to be free on the 30th of September and the 18th of October, and you're in pretty much. And I think you can come along to the opening of the film festival. We're hoping to have you all there. If you're interested, all you need to do is send a short explanation about why you want to take part and then review any film that you like, but within 300 words. It doesn't have to be a new one. It could be a film you love, film you hate. 300 words, no more. That's really short. That's quite hard. Um, send your name and your age and those two things by email to Mike, M-I-K-E, at CambridgeFilmTrust.org.uk. And the deadline is Sunday, the 15th of September. Thank you very, very much. So
0: it does sound really good. Very exciting. And of course, this is one of my favorite times of year when we get to the Cambridge Film Festival. We're going to
3: try and do some shows live from there. I hope, this year, Thursday or Saturday. And we'll have
0: interviews, um, lots of coverage. So stick with bums on seats if you want to know what's going down at the film festival. Um, So we're going to move on to talk about uh, the 1960 classic Psycho. But before we do that, um, we've got a little interview about 78 slash 52. Sorry, I was working out how to read that. Um, Ashley, you picked this. It's um, just
3: 7852 Seventy eight fifty two. You picked this. This is an interview from last year, was it? Well, so producer Toby sent this to us. I can't remember where it came from. It sounds like it's a, it's a little um, documentary. It's a, it's a feature length. Um, producer Toby sent it back through. I can't remember when it's from. Hopefully we'll get a sense for it when we listen to it now. <laughs> but it's about Hitchcock's work so I can't remember which number is which so out of the 78 and the 52 one of those is a number of edits the camera shot changes Mm -hmm. and the other one is a number of times that the character is stabbed in the shower in the shower
0: scene the infamous shower. shower scene
2: making a film making a 90-minute film about a film has to be a cinematic experience it has to be accessible it has to be entertaining it has to be something that you know you you can sort of sustain in a dark theater for 90 minutes so um i wanted to make this film accessible to people who are not necessarily hitchcock buffs or cinephiles or uh so that's why i think it was really important to have you know the elijah woods and and eli roths and you know people like that or younger filmmakers, energetic or passionate about the topic, who are extremely knowledgeable, but who have a way to communicate that sort of passion and enthusiasm in a way that people are going to re- to be able to relate. And, but one of the things that happens because you choose those interviews is that you throw the spotlight, which is usually, usually doesn't leave Hitchcock, but
0: you throw the spotlight onto other for, almost forgotten names. I'm thinking of the attention your film gives to George Tomasini, who I hadn't actually heard of, and he's edited... Fifteen
2: years of Hitchcock films. You know, I think in many ways, seventeen fifty-two is uh, a tribute to editors. I mean, the the the, the shower scene is obviously uh, a masterclass in screen editing, and you know, it was very important. Uh, I think to include as many editors as possible. I mean, you know, for for me, they're really, you know, kind of the forgotten heroes of movie making. Uh, so to make a film that that celebrates. Their, their art and their craft was really important to, you know, to us, I think, and, um, and uh, it's a big part of 1752.
0: Watching the film, I was especially struck by something that the actress Alina Douglas says, that Marion Crane is punished for the crime of sexually arousing Norman Bates. I've never heard that theory before, but it
2: sums up Hitchcock, it sums up Harvey Weinstein, it sums up Hollywood. Yes, yes, I mean, it's exactly, that's a whole other rabbit hole. But that's the thing about the shower scene is that it, it's, a, it's an overwhelming scene because it contains, I believe, all of Hitchcock. It contains so many ideas. It contains so many elements that we're still debating today. There are so I mean, it's, it's a very problematic scene. It's an unbelievable piece of filmmaking. But look at what it unleashed on the world, and and I think you know here we are fifty-seven years later, and we're still debating the ripple effect of that shower scene on on cinema and on culture.
0: Thank you very much for that. That was producer Toby talking to the director of Seventy Eight Fifty Two, a documentary about the infamous shower scene. Right, I think we've all rewatched Psycho, haven't we, everybody? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, it has been described in an article I read just the other day as the best horror film of all time which uh, I'm just looking at Ashley's face I'm not sure she totally agrees with that but what is it about Psycho that is so iconic don't say the shower scene
3: <laughs> But that's it's gone down in history for the shower scene. Mm -hmm. I mentioned it on Thursday um, on stage and screen. And one of the reasons we decided to come back and look at old films is to put this new eye on them. Mm -hmm. So this film wouldn't have been reviewed by many women, certainly not many people who are the age that you are Victoria <laughs> but no so it's, it's you should be with youth shaming you so jealous um but no it's it's gone down in history for that shower scene because yep. it was it was j- iconically scandalous janet lee naked you don't see anything of her from the shoulders down but that's what it was remembered by but because it was probably reviewed by a very particular demographic but it's the thing that struck me most and when I was talking to Emma about it before we came on air was that it was so forward-thinking for its time in terms of so Janet lee has got a pretty high-powered job by the looks of it she's telling her male bosses what she does and doesn't like she's telling her potential romantic interests what she wants and does not want she's sort of playing off these men that are hounding her and following her for different reasons in the first half of this film Mm -hmm. and getting the better of them in a lot of ways. And its I totally forgot that part of the story because I just remember it for Janet dying in it. Well, Um,
0: that's the thing, because I I was thinking, you know, the shower scene is so iconic now that I actually completely forgot most of the premise of the film.
4: (laughs) I I was. It's an incredible. It was incredibly brave piece of filmmaking. There are sways that entire scene when Norman Bates, Anthony Perkins comes in and clears up the scene. It's completely dialogue free. This and bear in mind, this film's fifty nine years old, and he deliberately shot it in black and white. Hitchcock. He deliberately shot it on a very low budget. They built the house as we you know as you know on the on the lot of of the studio whatever. So it was, it was meant to be this kind of raw low-budget feeling. But it, it has a lot of Hitchcock tropes in it, the paranoia, you know, at the beginning when she thinks she's being chased by the police because she's decided to do this runner with the £40,000, this is Janet Lee, which is why she ends up at the Bates Motel and why it all goes so wrong. But also, how oh, yeah, we brave... we to tell people what happens. <laughs> how brave to kill off... You know, when you would have gone to go and see this in 1960, you'd be thinking, well, this is a film about Janet, Janet Lee's Lee. character. Yeah. She's, you know, your classic Hitchcock blonde or whatever. Yeah. And then she is, you know... Murdered a third of the way in, and it yeah. turns into something completely different. Yeah, and also, like we are so used now with mind hunters and all our psychological horrors that we watch, we don't think twice about the fact of how shocking it would have right. been. As well. at when that reveal, time, yeah, when they spin the chair around and you see his mother, and you realise it's the corpse of his mother with mm-hmm. that light bulb floating over it. It just, it really affected me all over again. It said, you know, it's it's just a brilliant piece of filmmaking.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Victoria, I can't see you uh, okay. from the I'm screen. Here. She's hiding. Um, but yeah, as uh, the, there's, there's certain things to the film that are very sort of Hitchcock, that, that really make it a classic. I'm thinking of things like the editing. I'm thinking of the way that it's filmed. As we say, you know, the bravery of having the storyline and basically killing off the main character a third of the way um, into the film... Had you had you seen this before? I um, Haven't
1: seen it before. Okay, this is actually, my first Hitchcock film. Okay, excellent. So. brilliant, yes.
0: excellent. <laughs> yeah. So, what was your take?
1: So, within the first like two minutes you've got soul basses and in- amazing can design. i ask a quick question yeah.
4: did you know did you know the story before you saw it i mean did you yeah yeah you did i did
1: that I, would be base really motel really. is everywhere nowadays yeah. Yeah. apart from i just had avoided the original which is for shame on me to be honest um but with the first like introduction bit you see soul bass and you see this great design work and this very intimidating soundtrack and then it sort of lulls off into this yeah, you do get the main character's story and you become attached to this woman who's um, like driving away to her lover and this really romantic kind of gesture. Mm-hmm. And then the turn was like... So I sort of was a bit distracted because it was just quite a nice drama and I was thinking, when what's when's it going to like kick in? Mm. And then you meet Norman Bates and he's this pleasant young man and he has like a kind of curiosity to him. And then suddenly... I'm, like, drawn to the screen because I didn't... When I heard the mother shouting from the house, I for, I'd forgotten that his mother was dead that was him. And I was actually like, oh, oh, my goodness, what's about <laughs> to happen? I really like this character. And then suddenly she, she's gone. And I'm like, well, that was such a brave move because I was really drawn into this woman's, like, story. Mm-hmm. And now I've just
3: got left with the, like, lag, like tag tagalongs <laughs> yeah. characters. But... I, I made a note of that and if it's what well, we've already sort of revealed the end but if you didn't know what happens the way it's shot it's it's wrapping you up in his hysteria in his it's his mental illness and the way it's shot makes you believe everything Norman Bates believes you think it's all true and you're supposed to and even right up to the end it's all Real in a sense. It's
4: such a good performance watching it again yeah. and because at the the first he's time so when he kinda comes in and he's so he is so attractive. He really, you know, and That, that is the like, point, isn't it? isn't it? Yeah. And he comes in and he look, he's young and he's got his hands, he kinda of skips in. He's also the chat chat. You can have twelve, you know, twelve cabins, twelve vacancies. <laughs> Come on in. And as the film progresses and as, you know, the net closes in on him
1: mm. he starts to it,
4: crack. It, yeah, he yeah. And and it's it's just yeah a really really nuanced performance and i kind of forgotten that as well because he carry he does a lot of the heavy lifting obviously in the
3: you mentioned the the mind hunter thing as well and that's so we, we are used to that with serial killer documentaries ten a penny now but how forward thinking at the time to have you feel sorry for him at the end there's a big long monologue from this psychologist saying yes he did this but he didn't really and here's the reason and we feel a bit sorry for him and no one would have given that a second thought really back then it's just lock them up bang them up throw I think, away yeah because i
4: said i found that a little bit of superfluous maybe watching it yeah. now in 2019 but i can understand that in 1960 it probably was quite important to have someone you come in and explain yeah and, yeah, and, but
1: explains, point, yeah, 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 and explain it. it we were not as open about and you see his reaction as well when she proposes that when she proposes, his mother gets locked away, and he's just in pure fright, he's and he's like, he's so, so taken scared. aback about yeah. that. And it was like I was watching that performance, I was like, oh no, like he's about to turn on her. But also I just felt so
3: bad for him. Like I just sympathise with Norm Bates in a way that I don't the know. Audience if I felt, exactly, yeah. The audience must have felt exactly yeah. the audience must have felt terrible back then because of course now we know that he's a he's a master criminal manipulator, even though he does have his own issues and you're supposed to be manipulated in that way and you shouldn't feel bad for it because that's what they're good at.
4: But I think what I, yeah, I, I was going to say it was, it, it's such a perfect storm of performances, direction, ideas. Because when they made when Gus Van Sant made that shot-for-shot shot remake, that, that was, was yes.
0: awful. I mean, it was. Well, it was, I, I did want to <laughs> discuss that briefly because the legacy of, of Psycho. <laughs> there, I I've seen so many things about Psycho documentaries, like we just talked about. Um, seventy-eight fifty-two. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also that twenty-four hour Psycho. Did anyone hear about that? It was basically ah. uh, it was basically Psycho. Slowed down to last twenty four <gasps> hours. Okay. And it was like an art installation. That's a
3: long show. Sam. And I
0: think Hitchcock <laughs> I think Hitchcock would have hated that. I, I mean, so. I just think that sounds awful. But anyway, people have Really studied this film. There's been sequels. I think the one of you you were talking about.
3: Yeah, Psycho Two came out. It was
4: 22 se- years before Psycho Two came out, but then yeah. there's Psycho Three and you and said four.
3: Psycho Four. And it's it's centered. So a lot of them are shot inside the house, not the motel. There's some terrifying nuns. I remember randomly. They're really good, actually. It's sort of it's a lot of he goes deeper and deeper into the character, the story, because obviously. He, Hitchcock wanted to do something else with this film, and he did it, but we didn't have a lot of time to kind of fester on the point of how this kind of thing happens, how we got here. Yeah. Those are great sequels. You will not be bored, honestly. Go Watch them throughout autumn. One every Sunday, you'll love it.
0: But also its legacy on, on horror films in terms of it sort of sparked off the slasher genre, perhaps. Yeah, Even though in Psycho, we were saying earlier, you never actually see... No pierced skin. skin. Be allowed. Yeah. It wasn't allowed at the time.
4: And, it, and the apparently, he, well, Hitchcock said he shot it in black and white partly because the, you do see blood, obviously, running down yeah, the bath, and he thought rude. there would be too much blood. You know, if it was in colour, it would be too much blood for the audience to deal yes. with. But watching it again, only this morning, I, it, 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 it struck me again how little really how little blood there is and also because you've got the other you've got two murders yes and the other murder is the private detective private investigator and that's also shot in this incredibly dis i mean because a lot of it is a camera angles as
0: well it's very disorientating it is yeah it. I, yeah it's great it's and great. and for its time i mean it is it's as we've said it's brave but it's just really amazing And when i look back now because I, I watched it the other day and i just thought well done, Hitchcock. It's just—it's it, amazing. <laughs> it's good even like the toilet flush scene back then was seen as way more controversial than the shower scene. Like there are so many things there that really were kind of groundbreaking.
3: It's and the, you to the people more than anything. Like exactly,
0: and the, and the fact that it still has this kind of iconic nature and people still want to watch it, I think is, is a credit.
3: And it's still a 15 rating, so yeah. even though there's no stabbing, no red blood, no nothing, it's still a 15. Because today. it's psychologically terrifying. It's, terrifying. it's Yeah.
4: And it taps into a lot... You, you bit- but again it's and it's just a cracking piece of entertainment i think watching it again that yeah. was what that reminded me it's not just something you would watch it as is. a kind of study of filmmaking or whatever because sometimes that's not it is something you could watch and you're just the like first this first is half bowling of the film.
3: along it's just it. a great yeah bowls along it's wonderful the first half it's cool and then it gets really horrible
0: <laughs> so this is a recommendation for everyone i think i think we're all Quite positive Love about Psycho. Psycho. It is on Netflix, so again, you can watch it from the comfort of your own uh, sofa if you want to. Um, and I think I have hardly any time left to talk about. How many minutes do I have, Ashley?
3: Six. Six minutes. Okay, the so we. The trailer is one minute, so that is five. So I'm just going to do a quick shout out to
0: some other films uh, that are on at cinema. We've got The Informer to talk about, so we'll yeah. quickly play the trailer. Mm-hmm. I'm here to investigate the death of somebody very close to me.
2: We can't have this detective find out that an FBI informant was present during the murder of one of his own. You want to pit your field office against the biggest police department in the world? you love us a good fight.
0: Vintetta, on my mind like a sick pleasure. What are you thinking? Burn him.
1: He has a family. We looked him in the eyes. We made him guaranteed.
2: I don't have kids would suffer too much if something happened to me
0: please daddy come back home i'm scared i'm doing everything i can i'm coming for payback i'm
2: coming for payback i'm the hangman and i just put a tight loose around your neck i'm, coming for payback. I'm not getting out of this this ends now surprise
0: So a quick shout out to The Informer directed by Andrea Di Stefano. If you are looking for a kind of blockbuster, um, entertaining, gripping drama at the cinema, then The Informer is probably for you. It's based on a Swedish crime novel called Three Seconds by Anders Roslund and Birger Hellström. Um, It is very much kind of big, action-packed, sort of... Dramatic, um, really entertaining thriller uh, with Rosamund Pike um, and it's uh, the lead character is played by Joel Kinnaman. Um, he's basically sort of doing a, 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 a double, a double deal in that he uh, is exposing some gangsters. He's working with the FBI and then something goes very, very wrong. He gets put back in prison um, and he has to keep working for the FBI in prison. Um, I found it really entertaining. I thought, I mean, there's, it's, there's nothing spectacular about it, but it's good sort of Saturday night cinema if you want to see it. Um, I'll quickly also shout out about the Mustang, um, which is looks which looks very good, which is also, I believe, still showing at cinemas um, about a guy in prison, another prison drama um, but he's very kind of uh, isolated, he doesn't really get on with anybody and then he starts training horses and that's sort of his passion and also that Fisherman film that we talked about I last week about I think just Bait Bait, it's still at cinemas as well uh, just at the picture house, I saw
3: it, a tweet house. about it, there was a good director and I can't remember who it was that said it was wonderful Yes. and the Bait director came back and was like oh my god I can't it's, believe
0: it Apparently, very very good. I've not had a chance to it's see very it yet, well made. Um, but it's shot in black and white. Um, it's about in some Cornwall. fishermen in Cornwall who are sort of getting rather agitated with the increasing level of tourism that's happening in their town. Um, apparently, it's absolutely stunning, and it, it's a very good visual Edgar film. Edgar Wright,
3: the guy behind Baby Driver, World's End, Hot Fuzz, that kind of thing, he tweeted saying it was just brilliantly made. Yeah, so.
0: Three other films that we've not had a chance to talk about today, but we would very much recommend.
3: You haven't seen In a Diyard yet, have you? I have that not seen In a Diard. So
0: four films. That's the reggae <laughs> documentary, which also looks great. Um, so stick with us on Bums on Seats. We will be back in two weeks' time. Yep. Um, with a whole load of other films to talk about. Uh, we're going to end because we were talking about it. Chapter two with a great song by Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. This is Tears of a Clown. Thank you for listening and goodbye.
2: Goodbye.
3: Bye. Bye.
0: Bye.